Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. If you visited San Francisco's Richmond District back in 2001 and made your way to 6114 California Street, you would have found yourself facing a tall Victorian house that was entirely black. An attention-grabbing paint scheme for sure, but it's what happened inside the black house that truly intrigued curious San Franciscans. It was the first headquarters of the Church of Satan and the personal home of its founder, Anton LaVey. His theatrical nature and controversial beliefs turned him into a kind of celebrity. Here he is in an interview in 1970. Who ordained you a satanic priest? I would say probably I received the call. Just as any fundamentalist... Well, most of us do, but we fight it. <laughs> Why fight it? This is, of course, the whole principle of my religion. All of the concepts. mean you received the call? You mean one day the devil said, go out, Anton Zandor LeVay, and give people hell? <laughs> huh? Is that what happened? That's about it. That's about it. Because people like to have a hell of a time, don't they? How did the Church of Satan get its start in San Francisco? And what was it like to live in the Black House with the so-called Black Pope himself? Welcome to the third installment of Boo Curious. This October, we're bringing you stories about the creepy, the eerie, the misunderstood places around the Bay Area. Today, we explore what was going on inside that black house and who really was Anton LaVey. Well, listen, our time's all up. I'd like to tell you where to go, but you'd enjoy it. Oh, that's good. We'll be back with another guest after these words. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Now stay close. You don't want to get lost. (laughs) Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. We sent producer Amanda Font to make a deal with the devil and learn more about the Black House and the Church of Satan's larger-than-life founder. 
The Bay Area is often associated with countercultural movements. You had the beat poets of the 1950s getting arrested for protesting censorship, the free-loving hippies of the 1960s dropping acid in the park, and the Black Panthers in the 1970s fighting back against institutional racism. What you don't often hear about alongside those other cultural phenomena is that the late 1960s in San Francisco also gave rise to the notorious, indulgent, and wickedly provocative Church of Satan. Now, in this case, when we use the word church, it might not be exactly what you're picturing. They do describe themselves as a religious organization, but there aren't a lot of physical church buildings associated with Satanism. It's more like an organization of like-minded people. For decades, the black heart of the church, and perhaps still the most recognizable Satanist, was its founder, Anton Zandor LaVey. He was born Howard Stanton LaVey in Chicago in 1930, and later his family moved to the Bay Area. From a young age, he had a fascination with the supernatural, magic, and the idea of trickery. When I was about five years old, I uh, had a friend that had a catalog from the Johnson Smith Company filled with all of these jokes, tricks, books on forbidden subjects. This is a clip of LeVay from a 1993 documentary about him called Speak of the Devil. It had uh, all of the most uh, horrid examples of man's inhumanity to man, all, of course, presented in the form of good fun and entertainment. Like a toy recorder box that, when you pushed a button, would stab a sharp needle into the finger of an unsuspecting victim. LeVay recalls he didn't want to play such a mean trick on his friends, but he didn't mind if it was a kid who was a bully. A similar thought came into play later when he developed his satanic philosophy. It's big on the idea of being kind to those who deserve it, but seeking revenge on those who wrong you. As he got older, LeVay's curious nature led him to pursue somewhat unusual jobs. In his early life, he claimed to have worked in a circus with big cats, as a psychic investigator, an organist, a hypnotist, and to have been a police photographer for the SFPD, although there are no official records to back up that last one. In 1956, a decade before he officially created the Church of Satan, he was already cultivating the kind of dark aesthetic that people would come to know him for. LeVay bought the Victorian house at 6114 California Street and painted it black. And as he said, the, the roots went all the way to hell. This is Blanche Barton. I am the current Magistra Templi Rex of the Church of Satan. I've been a member of the organization Wow, almost 50 years now. And I was a high priestess for, for a time. She was also Anton LaVey's romantic partner for 13 years, and they had a child together. Blanche, or Magistra Barton, has written two books about the Church of Satan, including a biography of Anton LaVey called The Secret Life of a Satanist and The Church of Satan, a history of the world's most notorious religion. Blanche says even before the house became a satanic sanctuary, like so many old San Francisco Victorians, the house itself had an interesting history. It was built in 1887, as far as the stories go, by a Scottish sea captain. There were timbers in the lower levels that had come to San Francisco during the gold rush, and it had trapdoors, and it had been used as a, a whorehouse and a speakeasy. It had a bar downstairs. It had uh, secret passageways. 
When he purchased the house in 56, LeVay lived there with his first wife and their young daughter, Carla. And as his interests in the supernatural deepened, he surrounded himself with a group of friends who were curious about the same things. The Church of Satan sort of grew out of what he called the magic circle. And they were all intrigued by the weird and the unexplained. They started having soirees, and that sort of led into ritualizing to see practically what happens or if anything happens. And he started presenting seminars on various topics that he was interested in, from vampires to cannibalism, everything weird and wonderful. And in 1966, the people in that magic circle became the first members of the Church of Satan. Picture it. A dark night, April 30th, Walpurgisnacht, a German holiday with pagan origins, sometimes called the Night of the Witches. On that night, Anton LaVey ritualistically shaved his head in the tradition of medieval executioners and dark magicians, adopting the look he'd have for the rest of his life, and declared 1966 to be the first year of the reign of Satan, thus founding America's first official satanic church. And from there, it became kind of a hit. LeVay claimed that the church had hundreds of members in San Francisco and thousands throughout the world. He was a natural showman, with his shiny, polished, bald head, black goatee, and intense eyes. He wore all black, a long cloak, large rings, a pentagram medallion, and would make appearances wearing a hooded devil costume with little horns. He had a 500-pound pet lion named Togar, who he'd raised from a cub that slept in his bedroom at night. He invited reporters and the public inside the Black House to attend Satanic Mass. In the name of Satan, the ruler of the earth, the king of the world. Where he'd invoke the devil while wielding a large sword or sometimes a boa constrictor, while a nude woman was draped across the altar in the ritual chamber. He even married people. Former New York socialite Judith Case and John Raymond are joined by Satan in unholy wedlock before a live altar, a nude redhead. Self-ordained sorcerer minister Anton Levy presided at the San Francisco ceremony. The media ate it up. They started calling him the Black Pope. As the worst man looks on, the blessings of Lucifer and Beelzebub are invoked. The elaborate rites smacked to publicity because next day the bride and groom secured a conventional wedding license. LeVay was charismatic, and people seemed to gravitate to him. He became a kind of overnight celebrity. He was interviewed on national television, in magazines. People across the country were seeing his face. Even people who seemed to hate him wanted to interview him, like talk show host Joe Pine. Are you married? Oh, yes. You have any little devils? Oh, yes, I have two. Are you going to raise them as satanic kids? Certainly, but not to go around chopping people up or sacrificing human beings, just to... Uh... That would be the greatest reward of all if your kid some night would creep in and set fire to you and your lion. <laughs> well, no. Huh? no and then that's... dance around with pitchfork and say, look at daddy, look at daddy. <laughs> but it seemed like all kinds of people were at least curious about the church. At one time, Sammy Davis Jr. and Liberace were linked to the Church of Satan. In 1966, the actress Jane Mansfield met LeVay at a film festival in San Francisco, and they began an unlikely friendship. There are numerous photos of them together, even performing a ritual at Mansfield's home, though Mansfield said she was a Catholic and simply found LeVay intriguing. 
Some people blame her untimely death in a car crash a year later on an alleged curse LaVey put on the driver of the car. But who's to say? Controversies made the news. Famously, in 1967, he baptized his then three-year-old daughter Zena into the church, dedicating her to Satan while her mother, LaVey's second partner, Diane Hegarty, looked on. Satan, Lucifer, I command thee to come forth and bestow these blessings upon us. So how much of LaVey's highly theatrical image was serious? Well, while much of the ritualizing was akin to performance art, he was sincere in his philosophy. LaVey published The Satanic Bible, which by now has sold over a million copies, outlining his beliefs. The number one sin in Satanism is stupidity or willful ignorance. Herd conformity is also up there. He founded the Church of Satan as an alternative to what he saw as the repression of many other mainstream religions. Denying human nature, he said, was the real sin. Indulgence is key. No religion had ever been based on man's carnal needs or his fleshly pursuits. This is a clip of LaVey from a documentary filmed in those first few years of the church called Satanus, the Devil's Mass. All religions are based on abstinence rather than indulgence. And all religions, therefore, have to be based on fear. Well, we don't feel that fear is necessary to base a religion on. Not everyone was a fan, of course. He was telling people to embrace their animal nature, give in to their dark and lustful desires. Christian groups were appalled, obviously. And what about the neighbors? Here's Blanche Barton again. One of the most amusing parts of the film, almost endearing, is they go out and talk to the neighbors. And it's pretty funny, you know, they say that they they see the nude people dancing around in the front and they, they saw the lion eating something. <laughs> really quite devilish and intriguing. He's been in the neighborhood about 14 years and I always knew him as Tony. And just a nice, or a little more dramatic than most men in the neighborhood, perhaps. Actually, I don't know what kind of man he is. And as soon as you meet him, you think he's a very, very nice man, you know. I just had a feeling I can't trust him. A very undesirable type of a neighbor. Neighbors successfully petitioned to have LaVey's pet lion relocated in the late 60s. He first landed in a zoo, then ended up at a big cat sanctuary in Southern California. As for the goings-on at the church, the nude rituals, wild events, blaspheming, well, freedom of religion. They weren't doing anything illegal. Still, by the 1970s, LaVey had stopped inviting the press in for all the rituals, instead focusing more on cultivating new members. He was living in a world of his own aesthetic making, which is a primary tenet of his satanic philosophy. Anton LaVey was first and foremost an artist. He felt that aesthetics, whatever you are most drawn to, is what you should use if you're really excited about Frankenstein or if you are very drawn to technology, because what you do in the ritual chamber is you're evoking your emotions. Nothing comes from outside. It's not coming from Satan or demons or anything. But we know the power that humans have for creating the world and the life for yourself. LeVay was making a living through the church, taking speaking engagements and charging initiation fees for new members. He also sometimes worked as an organist at local clubs. He spent more of his time making art and music, another passion. He got the most joy out of playing keyboards because 
he could control the entire orchestra. LeVay even pressed a few records. While his first album features early recordings of satanic masses, his later work is mostly just, you know, songs. His specific aesthetics were very much in the 40s. It brought him back to his childhood. So a lot of the precepts of Satanism that he developed are very much grounded in his creative self. When you start to dance, your hula hips and trance, then you shake it up and down. And then in the 80s, there was the satanic panic going on. In the 1980s and through the 90s, there was a national wave of fear that quote-unquote satanic cults were taking over. Anton LaVey, perhaps the best-known Satanist in America, compiled his years of cult knowledge into two of Satanism's most important handbooks, the Satanic Bible and a companion, the Satanic Rituals. This is from an hour-long police training video from 1993, filmed in San Francisco, that was created to teach law enforcement how to spot satanic symbols and investigate satanic crimes. Now remember, all satanic people do not commit crimes. Some of their activities are perfectly legal. It has all the highly stereotypical suggestions about what kinds of illegal activities Satanists might engage in. Murder, which might include human sacrifice, or mass murders, or cannibalism. Some of them, frankly, are pretty macabre. Corpse theft, cemetery vandalism, black market sales of bones and skulls, black market baby selling. To be clear, these things weren't happening. It's kind of funny now, especially set to that music, but at that time, the fear that these things were actually happening was intense. Through the 80s and 90s, upwards of 10,000 unsubstantiated claims of ritualistic abuse by supposed satanic cults were made, though not directly against the Church of Satan. This was happening in California and all over the United States. It was like the witch trials all over again. There were numerous high-profile cases where people were convicted of satanic crimes, only to be exonerated after serving years, sometimes decades, in prison. But at the same time, there was a real excitement from younger people who were sort of discovering Satanism because of the satanic panic. You know, people were jumping up and down and saying, oh, this is so evil, this is so bad. And yet they would publish the satanic statements and the young kids would say, well, that doesn't, that seems pretty sensible to me. <laughs> because here's the thing a lot of people get wrong about the Church of Satan. Satanists don't worship the devil. They don't drink blood, sacrifice babies or animals. They don't even believe in the literal devil. They're atheists. Satanism is more of a philosophy. So what the Satanic Bible tries to advocate is independence, you know, study, not worship. There is no dogma. You know, we honor animals. We honor children. Kindness to those who deserve it rather than love wasted on ingrates. And the, the last one, of course, people get a chuckle out of because we say we recognize that Satan is the best friend that the church has ever had. The devil has been the guy that's kept the church in business for many, many years. Without him and the concept of evil, where would the church be? Using a satanic adversary to represent an ideology of personal freedom and indulging without guilt? Blanche says it's really more of a style choice. 
That's what drew her in. She wanted to embrace her dark and sensual side. I was looking for a philosophy that really represented me. Another thing that I was really looking for was representation of women and a freedom for women and their lusts and their desires and their habits and their beauty and their wisdom. I felt that most organized religions just did not have a voice for me. Blanche had been following the Church of Satan through her teenage years and early 20s in Southern California, even coming to San Francisco to meet Anton LaVey. From our first meeting, we felt a draw to each other. From that time, we spent a lot of time on the phone, corresponding back and forth. Less than a year later, in 1984, just after graduating college, she moved to San Francisco at the age of 22. Shortly thereafter, they became romantically involved. Blanche moved into the Black House in 1989. We had a wonderful life together. It, it had a rhythm. Of course, he was very nocturnal. So a lot of times we would get up at four or five in the evening and uh, meet people, play music, uh, converse, maybe watch a movie, and then we'd go to sleep around dawn. <laughs> Rituals were no longer public, but occasional private events. LeVay wasn't willing to present the Church of Satan as just a curiosity anymore. In 1993, Blanche gave birth to their son, his third child, Satan Xerxes. At that point, LeVay was 63 years old. Is it necessary to kill you by driving a stake through your heart, or will just a knock on the head do it? I will never die. You won't? No, of course not. I've made arrangements. <laughs> How do you like that? A frozen devil, right? Huh? That's a good point. Anton LaVey died from heart disease at St. Mary's in San Francisco on October 29, 1997. Although official paperwork lists his date of death as Halloween. So what happens when the core of the Church of Satan, the man who was its central flame, gets snuffed out? Well, Blanche served as high priestess, the top leadership position, for a few years before stepping down and handing the reins over to longtime member Peter Gilmore, who is still its high priest. The church left San Francisco and now has a new black house in New York State. LeVay's oldest daughter, Carla, was also high priestess for a time, but left the Church of Satan to start her own first satanic church in San Francisco. It's a lot more exclusive and is known for throwing a great Black Xmas concert in the city every year for the last couple decades. His second daughter, Zena, who was dedicated to Satan as a toddler, left Satanism entirely and became a tantric Buddhist. His son, Satan Xerxes, isn't involved at all and lives a private life. As for the infamous Black House... It was, it was an amazing house and it, and it should have been preserved and we did try. LeVay had been forced to sell the house to a friend in the early 90s, though he was allowed to live there until his death. But the house was in disrepair, and the land was just too valuable. When efforts to find a preservation group willing to take it on failed, the property was sold and torn down in 2001. What stands there now is a very normal-looking apartment building. No lingering signs that it was once a raucous den of sin. That was Bay Curious producer Amanda Font. That's it for today's installment in our Boo Curious series. If you've been digging it, please share with a friend or leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. 
This episode was produced by Amanda Font, Christopher Beale, Brendan Willard, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Springer, Cesar Saldana, Maha Sanad, Holly Kernan, and the whole KQED family. We'll be back next week with our final episode in the Boo Curious series, the tale of a centuries-old murder. See you then. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.